0: The Gold Cup hero. Two of the most
1: admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, it's Dean Ryan in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk. I uh, often get to, to say that and uh, well as by now you know the format. Dino on is here.
2: Hello Dino how are you?
1: Good welcome back uh, how was Malta? Good fun?
2: Yeah good 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 it was uh, work so it's never as uh, it's never as fun as it sounds you know you're kind of in a lot of meetings but yeah look it's a lovely country. I'd love to get back there again on a proper holiday capacity, but look, can't complain either, you know.
1: That's what everybody says who goes on business trips to stuff like that. Yeah, it's not as fun as it sounds. It's a lie. And, um, <laughs> it's, you know, welcome back, guys. Congratulations, <laughs> and, and and welcome back. And uh, look, I'm delighted to say, delighted to say, and I mean it. Paddy Aspel is also back with us. Paddy, how are you? How are we doing, guys? Good to have you back, Paddy.
0: Yes, Keep on. I wouldn't mind being a few air miles behind Dorma Nolan.
1: <laughs> he's got like I think he's got like seven loyalty cards with all sorts of different uh, airlines and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, sure, Black yeah. Friday's coming, demo. So he'll be spending them. I'd say.
2: Black Black Friday, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. We- We'll have to, because obviously um, Stephen Cass was on the podcast, so we will have to see if the old air miles can be used down there in Cass & Co. Because he's uh, speaking of money. He's so, he's so busy. He couldn't make the, the old podcast this week. And we got that he picture Dean hands. from him, packaging yeah. up all his hampers. <laughs> he's a busy man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. A fair play. Nice little shout out for him there. And uh, yeah, he is a busy man. Good luck uh, to Cass and & Co. And uh, Mr. Cass during the, the winter period. Um, okay. And happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners. I know there are thousands of you. I hope you're having a... Uh, a good uh, holiday weekend as it comes in. Right, to the business in hand. Um, quick review, chaps. We did get to see a few superstars out and about at the uh, weekend just gone. Uh, a Plutard, Brave Man's Game. Bob Ollinger took a first foray over fences. Uh, demo i come to you. You can take any one of those three or all of them.
2: Yeah, um, A Plutard was very good. It's just kind of hard to believe that performance, Dean, isn't it? It's just, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Roel Paguet in the world. I think he's a good horse but that's all um so i think he kind of stopped and i just think that the the horse kicked on after i thought round well he'll pick up some some races but i thought a Plitar just basically was given a a rachel kind of specialty ride and that she kind of let it all develop in front of her and then she kicked and just he had the legs left And nothing else did braven's game was absolutely superb love watching him jump a fence again though the same old problem as last season he beat itchy feet um and as good a horse as he is he's only won twice over fences and um you know it's kind of hard to know from the top level so bob Ollinger was the one dean that i really wanted to kind of focus on here and like Hmm. i thought i thought it was a fine performance i thought the race itself was one of the deepest races we've had in quite a while like in second place uh, Bacardi's. I know he's ten in jumping fences, but that was the first time he's ever put together around a round of jumping like that. Um, he was he was he was electric over his fences. So like, that's a really good gauge for a horse making his his debut. You know, like, rated right 148, but he's slightly better than that in my opinion. You know, he was third in uh in the stairs hurdle, as we know, only five lengths behind Lisinger Oscar. So for a horse like him, who got jumping, Bob Ollinger, yeah, he made funny shape. Over a few fences, and like his one real bad mistake was he kind of pecked on landing tree out, but that that like he was smart enough to to recover from that. Every single blog that I did last year with uh, with Keith Dunhu, I'm interested to hear what. Uh, well, Paddy thinks as well. But Keith Dunneau always said when a horse makes their debut over fences, you want them to make mistakes like that. Ruby Walsh said about Undersold, that, that first day that he fell, copped him on something fierce. And Bob Ollinger was the same. He was big and brave with that third last, but he was intelligent enough to get his landing gear out. And bar that, then he kind of dodged for the last two. Like, he's freakishly talented. Like, he kicked that field out of his way, uh, whilst still not jumping as well as he can. So if I was Henry Bromhead and Rob Corr and everyone else involved, I would be over the moon that you have this absolute aeroplane of a horse who could kick a field apart like that, but who was also has improvement to come. And Henry de Bromid will have him jumping five, six 600,000 fences by the time he gets to his next run. As we know, that's all all they do down there in Henry's. So, considering that most of Henry's as well, Dean, have needed their runs all season, like, I just Ooh. thought it was a monstrous performance um, considering all all of the mistakes and the jumping was fine. That's all it was. He'll need to improve in that regard but straight after the race i saw loads of tweets saying that brave man's game was better brave man's game he's had his own way he's been brilliant absolutely flawless i love the horse don't get me wrong but bob ollinger i think he would have learned an awful lot more than even brave man's game would have learned so far he had to go up through the gears he had to do everything there and i think um i think this season any horse that beats bob ollinger is going to win um and be an absolute superstar so i think bob ollinger just the the wise guys were out in force trying to Trying to write it off, but I think that's more looking for attention with these big, big predictions sometimes with tweets. Um, and I think Bob Ollinger, he's a he's a proper old, old airplane dude.
1: Look, reactionary Twitter is the best place to be after a race like that. <laughs> if, yeah. you wanna, if, 100%. You wanna, if you want to, hundred yeah. percent. If you want to soak it all up, it's <laughs> good fun. Um, <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was a perfectly, uh, perfectly good performance, and the quality of the field behind is, is you can't argue with it. Now, Bacardi's would be one for me. I think for something like the National Hunt Chase, if they want to go. Uh, that way, you know, he's got all that bit of back pass and all that stuff. I don't even think he's in the betting. So, you know, that's one of my new theories for you there. Uh, Paddy, why don't you carry on with those three? I was actually taken aback with how good a e Plutar was.
0: Yeah, it was a funny old race to watch, wasn't it? Because, you know, if you, if you didn't have a newspaper or any sort of information in front of you, you wouldn't have thought you were watching such a high quality race the way Rachel, I mean... She started taking a pull on Aplutard up the straight. I mean, whether it was a massive performance or an underperformance by the rivals or, like I say, a massive performance by the winner, I don't honestly know. But nonetheless, he still did it and visually looked very, very impressive. I thought maybe on the ground some of the others weren't really seen to their best. But Aplutard is the new kid on the block and younger legs, and that's exactly how it looked the other day at Haydock and unfortunately it turned into a little bit of a, a, a non-event but you know Venetia's horse you know he was a real talking horse last year so probably yeah. not not going to crib Aplute Child that much I'd say because it was a very very small field and the fact that they did just fall asunder a little bit up the straight it was I don't know maybe plenty of people were a bit undecided about what to actually make of the race but for me, very difficult not to be positive off the back of that. It was, it was pretty yeah. good, wasn't it?
1: Very well. I really, I really was impressed. And I, you know, I think we all said on this podcast last week, Paddy, you weren't here, so you're not part of the dissenting party. But, um, and nor was Demo actually, so I'll take the blame myself. But we, I think, I think we titled the pod, Taking On Our so Yeah, You did, you're
2: yeah, taking on uh, APT. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> Paddy, t- talk to me about, um, about Bob Ollinger and that for a Chase debut. Demo's had his say.
0: Yeah, that was really good. I mean, I think Gorham Park at the first time of asking, I know obviously he'd he'd won his point, but you know, for the first time of asking over fences, that's a fair old test. And mm. Derma Dermo alluded to up the straight, one or two niggly little mistakes. I thought it was just simply lack of concentration. He honestly thought that his job was done and his work was over. But when he was in the pack and, you know, he was competitive, his jumping was very, very good. And he just absolutely smashed them to bits, didn't he? And in, in the end, got the job done very, very nicely. Bacardi's in behind; he's got a fair bit of chasing experience. And you know, you, you know, lads, that I've always liked the horse to finish in third, Master MacShee. He's a horse yeah. with very, very low
2: mileage. And you know, he, he yeah. ran, he ran very well, Paddy, didn't he? Uh, It was a good run. Good run. They were, yeah. Ian Power was trying to keep him out of things as well. You know, as in like, you don't want to get too close to Bob Hollinger now either, you know, for uh, Mark-wise. So I thought that, like the, the kind of ground that he made up and everything else. I thought there's, there's definitely no handicap chasing him, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and I mean, the ride Ian Power gave him, he just went straight into the notebook as to think he's enjoyed that, he jumped well, yeah. he's actually hit the line strong. He would be one now to be to be all over the next day. But yeah, no, Bob Ollinger was very good. And I mean, the thing about they put the microphone straight up to the Bromhead off the back mm-hmm. of Aplutard and so he hadn't even seen um, Bob Ollinger yet, but... You gain zero from listening to a henry de bromhead interview anyway, so you've gotta watch the horses yourself and make up your own opinion because I do think that that henry great trainer but interview wise if you are wanting to pick up any sort of snippets of information you know you might as well ask the fella down the road um but you know he he fantastic trainer but but you, you you've gotta I, I think for him he just lets the horses do the talk and he just gives the same answers every time
1: yeah, yeah, he just says the right thing. He's always he complimentary about everything, complimentary about his jockeys, complimentary about his horses, and, and he plays the game perfectly. Yeah. And he's got some serious ammunition. I mean, we're only talking about two of his runners there <coughs> in uh, Bob Ollinger and A Plutard, who uh, just, well, they were very good. Very, very good indeed. Uh, Bravesman game, Dermo made the point, Paddy, that, you know, he can only take on what he's taking on the UK. And the same problem applies to that he faced last year, that when you get to the likes of a festival, um, the Irish turn up.
0: Yeah, um, I think, obviously, look, they let him away on the front end, but he did get into a lovely jumping rhythm. I mean, Haydock isn't a jumping test it once was, far from it, to be honest. But nonetheless, Mm. it was hard not to be impressed. I mean, itchy feet, he's he's only a year older um, in behind, but I just thought probably the most impressive thing was he got... Some reasonable horses in behind out of their comfort zone from quite an early stage in the race, and they were never able to sort of get any catch any sort of wind of breath to to go and make any sort of challenge against Brave Man's game. I think confidence-wise, it'll have done him stacks of good. But, you know, there's going to be huge, bigger tests in front of him. But nonetheless, I thought for that step stone for now, he was Pretty impressive. Um, given there's, I think there's plenty more to come. He's a big, strong lad. You know, he, visually he's very nice to watch jumping a fence, but not really sure how much we we, we learned from the other day. But um, you know, as I said, it was probably merely a, a step in the stone, wasn't
1: it? Oh yeah, for sure. And do you know, what? I think I think he merits the the early comparisons with Demon because of that running style. Because he has everyone out of the comfort zone from the front end and is is able to jump and bully a field like he does. So. Really looking forward to him. Kian and Kirby, of course, mate, gave a big shout out for him at the start of the uh, the start of our series this season, talking about him as for the um, the old RSA, the festival, obviously Chase, and he's he's going to be favourite for that, I would imagine, uh, depending what comes over from from the Irish Sea. So okay, there's three definitely where we're talking about. Dermo, a couple of things, um, getting our goats this week, maybe. Um, we already know that Shiskin won't make a tingle, drink, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. Kind of everyone saw. We defended it coming, him last year,
2: yeah. We defended Nicky oh, last we'll season. So. I'll tell,
1: tell you the point that I, I still use. It's the owner's horse, the trainer trains, that they can decide where they want to run. We don't we don't own any part of this argument apart from we'd love to see it happen.
2: Yeah, 100%. It's just uh, the. the it. It's probably the blog is letting him down again, too, because, you know, he, he was raring to go two weeks ago. I saw someone shared a, a Racing Post article. Uh, Shishkin mm. was flying. And even like he mentioned on Nick on looking Sunday that he wasn't even sure about running John bond, that he would have preferred to have um, just walked him around the parade ring somewhere. And he said <laughs> that he didn't yeah. want to run Shishkin in the, you know, the day with the stars or whatever it is. Um, like if a horse isn't ready for a, a like a jogger on a race course, there's, there's something seriously wrong, you know? Um I think it kind of, it just, it's just annoying that we've got this, these, these really good horses. Uh, I'm not someone who is this kind of hipster mentality of uh, we shouldn't be talking about Cheltenham this early, blah blah blah. I find that Seems really that's annoying. You talk about yeah, I find it really annoying that that kind of can't talk about Cheltenham stuff. Uh, I understand if he's being targeted, but just say we're you know like the champion chase is our main target, and we're kind of working back from there. But like it's just I saw Kevin Blake shared out on on Twitter today, Dean, the that Tingle Creek, you know, is RT off Well Chief and Moscow, and you're kind of looking at it going, wow, you know, could you imagine like if we ever got back, back to that again. And you wouldn't have been far off it this year either with, you know, Nube Negro, Well, like, not the standard, but still, like, Nube Negra, Shakin and and Shishkin. You know, like, that that's a serious renewal. But, again, Nicky Henderson, just he just seems to be running a mile. And I'm wondering, from a human point of view with Nicky, if it's the fact that he used to be stacked with horses. And Nicky was always quite brave with his entries. And, you know, horses mm, would run quite a bit. Point. Sprinter Sacker used to run six or seven. I'm wondering now, with the kind of the, the lack of, like serious firepower you know like like last year his novice hurdlers weren't great so his novice chasers this year they're not going to be great either um he's got shishkin and epitant really is it like that's kind. and uh chantry house really they're the tree mm-hmm. so like i kind of understand a small but just from a human being point of view where why he's he's probably just 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 really minded them i, I mean it, if something happens to those three, to one of those three, he's going to them with two two live bullets. And even even live bullets now against the Irish runners at the moment doesn't kind of amount to much. So from a human being point of view, I get it. But maybe his PR work could could be improved a small bit and just uh, um, be a, a bit less vocal about your horses flying and then pull them out a week later.
1: yep. 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 it's a tricky combination that, isn't it? Satisfying your paymasters masters in terms of sponsors and blogs and obligations and then, you know, actually... The reality is that maybe the horse wasn't absolutely yeah, spot on yeah. and that's the reality yeah. okay all right um i wanted to talk as well about that gamble that went down at punchestown on uh, tuesday i don't know if any one of you caught it but all class doing the job for ronan mcnally i think it was at prices of around nine to two five to one into 13 to eight favorite what was fascinating about that um to me is um and it was highlighted by a good friend of the show of course simon holden Fryboy, um and he'll be on this podcast uh, in the coming weeks so look out for that um, is that the second was a 13 year old 41 race without win, uh, 28 to one shot, 23 lengths behind the winner that was obviously heavily gambled. In third is a 50 to one shot, another 19 lengths behind, and the rest of the field nowhere. I mean, that 13 year old's either run the race of its life or everybody knew. I don't know what was going on there, Derek. Uh, I mean, did you watch that race?
2: I watched this uh, extremely strange. The commentator made reference to how strange it was. Uh, the trainer McNally called it an absolute farce of a race. Um, just very, yeah, very, very hard to watch that and say, okay, you know, it was like that race a few months back of the Dennis Hogan horse as well. Remember the second string beat the first string and nothing else kind of got involved. You're kind of looking mm-hmm. at that going and that, that worked out a bit too perfectly. It was kind of like, remember in the Euros years ago, uh, Denmark and Sweden had to draw three all to knock Italy out. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and after the game, John Thomas is saying that, oh, it's just a coincidence. It's like, it is, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's uh, kind of, kind of, similar here you're kind of looking at it kind of wondering just like how do you get rid of this from the game uh how do they fix the handicapping problems i mean if you fix the handicap system itself you'd end up with trainers not needing to do stuff like this you know like you've an awful lot of trainers like growing mcnally who like what will he have nine or ten winners a year so he, he has to make them count um, oh, yeah, i'm
1: not even really casting kind of any i'm not really disgusted by it i just thought it was fascinating i just all, yeah but it it's apart. just
2: the whole i think when some so this happens. Of course, there can be the odd race where this can happen. I remember reading Paul Carberry's book, and he explained how he got uh, banned once at Galway um, behind a horse called uh, the Big... What was it called again? The Big uh, the Big cahoney cahoney And um, they just let the horse go. It was a 50-to-1 shot, and the horse just didn't stop galloping, you know, and just kind of got away from them. And after the race, it just looked really bad. So that can happen. We all know that. But um, and nobody on, on the Race Hour podcast is accusing anyone... Of anything but I think the overall statement is though I think is that they have to sit down and look at this handicap system it, it, it's just there to be torn apart um, and uh, I think as soon as we fix the handicap system I think a lot of the problems in racing kind of goes away I think a merit based running system would just it would suit everyone to be involved because at the moment it's, it's just it's worth your time not you know to to go in with a low rating into a race like that and you can absolutely devour a field 30 or 40 pounds below blow your rating and no one's doing anything wrong doing that so it's uh it's just our sport there's an awful lot wrong with racing but i think if somebody and i don't have any solution here i'm calling our problems without solutions but surely there's somebody more intelligent than, than me out there who's able to uh to find a solution to this you know
1: yeah um yeah i i don't know what the answer is either to be honest paddy i mean they had it off (laughs)
0: yeah no they certainly did Uh, i I did enjoy the interview afterwards um you know he 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 had he had the horse in one hand the microphone in the other and i mean kevin ryan was he was bursting trying not to laugh wasn't he and and he actually said to to ronan mcnally you know i'm delighted you can say that with a straight face and i I think ronan mcnally's brilliant for the sport lads look at the end of the day he's a very very switched on young fella who, yep. who knows when a horse is well in. And you've got to look at the form yourself. He wasn't lying because if you go through the, the three previous runs over fences, she was fairly rank um, jumping. She wasn't good and sort of obviously done plenty of work on that. But she's, yep. they've obviously brought her private, I don't know, but she's come from another yard in David Dunn, who was very, very shrewd. And, you know, so this mare, when needed, has paid her way because – she's working off a very basement mark under both codes at one stage. Um, You know, she's paid her way on the level and the other day. Yeah. I mean, even Jerry Hannon, he sort of alluded to it early doors, how, you know, it was, it was like they were spread out all over the race course. It was, it was a funny old race, but still nonetheless, you can't like the other jockeys were hauled in, weren't they? The other twelve. Um yep. so it's not like they've just oh there's nothing to see here. They did have a look at it. No, but, they had a look, yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: Um I agree. And look to be honest at that level with these horses and with a small stable that you've got to get it done sometimes because that's the, otherwise the the game uh, doesn't pay. Um so I'm not really saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying how fascinating it was. How interesting it was yeah, to, no, to def- see how, how it unfolded. Um there were a good few other horses running there at the weekend that I might just throw out there. I thought Jeremy's pass was very good on Saturday. Uh, keep an eye out for that one. It won at uh, um, Ascot in the second race there. It's only a two-runner field, but I definitely think there's a, there's a good bit of improvement. It might go under the radar as well, just in a two-runner race there. And, of course, everybody on the pod, apart from me, was right about Buzz and and uh, ran, uh, should we say eye-catching Lee, uh, on the wide outside back in, in fourth. We had lost in Translation, was back uh, to his very best, of course, and Hollow Games picked up that race we talked about, um, of course, in Ireland, a race that will point you towards some of the staying novices at the Chantler Festival. Anyone want to talk about any of them you can if you want or if you have anything else to highlight from the weekend before we take our break.
0: Um, I thought maybe Tommy's Oscar, a Haydock, was worth a mention, Dino. I mean, only a small, yeah. small stable, but they're very, very shrewd in what they buy. And I mean, this was a handicap hurdle. He'd 11 stone one on his back, but this is a horse I think who's really, really improving as the seasons go. Uh, because, and the reason I say it is, just the way he travelled throughout that race the other day, it wasn't like he went. Still, he went one by 10, but it's not like he won by half the track. But the way he travelled, you were picking him out from early doors. And he is a six-year-old, I think, that's still on the up for a very, very small but capable stable of Anne Hamilton.
1: Very good. Yeah, worth giving that one a shout. I thought Strictly a Dancer was good as well for Christian Williams. He's placed that horse with a plomb of late. Well done. Uh, Demo, anything from you before we wrap up into... Uh, we'll, we'll head for the second half.
2: No, no, no. I pretty much covered it all, didn't well, good then. Okay, we'll take a break
1: here. You are listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. When we come back, we have a mammoth uh, amount of racing to go through, eight races across Newcastle and, of course, Newbury and the Ladbrokes Trophy. And Sunday, it's the Bar 1 meeting at Fairy House. Always look forward to that, like to the Mall and the Royal Bond. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk.
0: Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the
1: industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of The Race Hour. Hello and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. I've got Demon Nolan here, Paddy Aspel here, and myself, of course, Dean Ryan. And we're going to go through um, eight races at Newcastle and Newbury first for the Saturday action, including the Lebrich Trophy. And then we are on to Ferry House for the best of the bunch on Sunday from the Bar One, of course, uh, Winter Festival there. Can't wait for that. So, OK, let's get started with the one fifteen at Newbury. Um, we kick off with uh, just shy of two miles, seven, and it's the Peter O'Sullivan Memorial Handicap Chase. Um, Dem, I might come to you first on this card uh, because it involves a horse that we talked about recently on the podcast of all the gin joints. Around nine to one, the favorite here is Cap Course for Paul Nichols, the uh, actually joint favorite with Killer Clown, also Emma Lavelle. Uh, they are 11 to two, top of the field.
2: Yeah, there's a few horses here that the, the Race Hour podcast has before, obviously Moon over Germany being won, but he's he's obviously has to find an awful lot. But Killer Clown was one that, that you know we were we're we're big fans of here on the podcast. Yep. I think Paddy's a damned the company fan as well. Um, but um, they're kind of two two bigger prices at the moment, obviously of all the gin joints i'm of the firm opinion that this horse needs a breeding operation um he, he keeps cutting out but maybe as you just said off air to me dean that maybe he's just getting fit on the race course the way tizard's yard is going you're not going to question it a whole pile uh, so at 14 to 1 i will 100 percent be uh, be backing this horse at those mm-hmm. odds uh, sorry but 12 to 1 or so now uh, the best price and then the other one dean um somchu is very interesting for henry de bromhead and rachel blackmore it's a safe enough tactic uh the last year or so to just back the irish horses but particularly back henry and rachel blackmore but um like two and a half lengths behind top moon who top moon when he puts it all together he's a very good horse he just has a real jumping issue uh where he, he seems to always make one absolute dopey mistake altogether but somchu was only two and a half lengths and one of top moons good days um and next time kind of went off 11 to 1 decent gamble but um just kind of didn't get act together around galway under Aidan coleman and finished a good bit behind that day but that's still a galway plate you know that's that's a very high standard uh, you'd always forgive a horse maybe not taking the galway because it's such a specialist track so newbury a big galloping track um this triple suit some is a big big price here uh, i don't quite get the kind of 10 to 1 or so around about this horse, looks very big, so um, very, very rare for me to back more than one in a race, but definitely of all the Ginjoids and uh, Somchu, each way in this thing, or or Somchu maybe, that's how you say it, I'm not not
1: sure. Somchu, have we had this with Cass the (laughs) other day, I'm not sure, number two uh, is Somchu, Somchu, okay, Um, hopefully Paddy's not picking it, then i have to stop saying it, but um, (laughs) the the, the other one uh, I was going to throw at Paddy was, you know, there's there's a repeat, possibly, on for cap course here, Paddy.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's interesting. We've not seen him since this meeting last year, Cap Course. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not sure whether they would have thrown the option uh, to ha- Harry Cobden's way, whether he wanted to ride Grants on C. I mean, Harry Skelton, he's only ridden Grants on C once and he's won on him. Um, so whether that was an owner's request, don't honestly know. But interesting, I suppose, the fact then that he has maybe. Just sway, being swayed towards Cap Course off the back of that absence, you know, he, he, that would give you the impression that Nichols has got him absolutely ripe um, for this race on Saturday. And I mean, th- it's a lovely race this, to be honest, because there's one or two of these that act well fresh, and you know, we've got plenty of course and distance form, and that's where I was going to follow in here and go with the Hobsey seven-year-old here, Kaluki. Um, I think. He's a cracking little horse this, he is still relatively low mileage over fences, he's only had the five starts but he's got that course and distance win to his name, Tom O'Brien hasn't ridden him that often to be honest but no real problems there, he's a very very straightforward horse, tends to give his running and the 245 days wouldn't worry me at all because he won first go last year so probably slight preference for Kaluki, because for me, two has got some lovely form, but it's all in heavy Irish ground. Not going to get that on Saturday.
1: Yep, yep, that's a fair shout. I'd be keen that Capco's been given a real chance, and if they got it fit, I think he's the right one at the top of the market. But like you say, Paddy, really good race. And Demo's made a case for a couple in there with Two and of course, uh, sticking with all the gin joints, despite um, they not going for the wind up yet. Um, but we'll see. it. Did they have a tricky season last year, but there's plenty of engine in that horse, so we can get home. So, okay, that's a really good race to kick off with. That's the one fifteen at Newbury, um, a very different type of affair, Paddy, for this one thirty at Newcastle. That um, we're gonna we're gonna go in time order here. So, this is um, a bit of a, a stay as novice handicap chase, and only four runners, Paddy. We may not have a lot to say about this. Alan King and Daryl Jacob team up with Valeris. uh, Probably go off odds on small field.
0: Yeah, probably will. Um, Interesting that, I mean, he's got two or three rides up there, hasn't he, Jacob? And he tends to be very, very accurate when he goes to, Mm. you would say you know a meeting where he he could have had uh, other rides maybe further down south we've seen him do it going up to air last week where he, he won the bumper on a on a very nice horse obviously he is retained by by Simon yep. and um you know so th- there's always that part to it but he is he does seem to be a very very good judge i think this is another horse there aren't many miles on the clock it's a pity we haven't got more runners but you know that's been the thread up and down the country, but particularly what we've seen so far over fences at Newcastle, at least a few more on Saturday. But this chap, he's shown that he stays, he's won his point. I think the step up and trip is going to be massive and it's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's a limited handicap, but Connections are more than happy to give £9 plus away to to his rivals here. So for me, he, he, he's, the, he's, he's the pick of the bunch.
1: Yep, I would agree. I won't be opposing, Demmer
2: no i won't be pausing either i'm happy to ruin rowing behind paddy there
1: yeah it could be a nice type and they may you know like paddy says willing to give the weight away and uh, and get the job done there at newcastle and i think that's what they'll end up doing um price to tell you that as well though okay the 150 at newbury um far more up our street here probably to try and uh, sift through because a decent sized field going to post for this and Nicky henderson in those shisking colors tom cannon uh, aboard Lascales article looks like it's going to go a favourite, but this is wide open. Demo to one
2: hundred and fifty. Absolutely brilliant race, isn't it? Um, mm. Like just really, really interesting stuff. The, Fred's going to bounce back to form eventually. He's the he's the one that, that I'm kind of looking at. But like, they just like he's had so few runs, and he went off forty to one last time um, at Sandown. Or, sorry, at Newbury. It's it's just he's a hard horse to weigh up as to what's kind of gone wrong there, because you know he he, he two runs it. In nearly 400 days but he's a he's a very talented horse on his day so like at 14 to 1 if i saw any bit of money for him now they he's probably building back towards something like kempton at christmas probably but he's he's a horse that i'll be watching his run very very closely to see how is he because fred's a horse and i know Dean.
1: up north and he yeah obviously gone here and ridden this which kind of puts me up but i like fred for this yeah I'm interested
2: too yeah and i'll be watching him more so than betting him i'd say and just seeing if um i'd I'd imagine this is a warm up. He, he really likes Kempton. He was brilliant that that day at Christmas when you were all over him that Christmas That's right. as well, then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think he, he could be building up for something like that. So the one that I was I was going to take a kind of a a flyer on at nine one or so was for the old the old uh, Twist and Davis's is um is Earl of the Cotswolds. I just really liked that performance at Weatherby last time. Um. I think a mark of one hundred thirty one over fences and a mark of 134 here. Over hurdles, I think he's he's a horse that's kind of amassed quite a bit of experience. He's a talented horse as well. He beat De Can last season, you know, like 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 in regards to this kind of race, it is strong form. He's got a bit of a bit to turn around with uh, Martello Sky from um, from sorry, the, with a bit to turn around with the principals here because of that run uh, behind Martello Sky, two runs mm-hmm. back. But last time was much more like it, and Earl of the Cost was there. Ten stone thirteen under Twist and Davis. Um, I think he's a very decent each way bet. I like the front of the market, but the sales article he, he has promised a lot, hasn't hasn't kind of delivered it, and a lot of them behind it are kind of the same. So early the call was to me looks at very decent each way price considering just how strong he was last time. Dean.
1: Yep, fair enough. Um, okay, Paddy, over to you. What do you make of this?
0: ultra competitive um, yeah. ultra competitive and again uh, we've got a reasonable bit of course form I think the Nichols horse Calvary Dodge he's going to go from the front and taking a good five off with Angus Chileda there so I think he's a horse who hasn't reached the top of his mark but I was going to go with the Skelton brothers here lads I know Chittabello is 10 year old but what made my mind up here is I think Dan Skelton was he's probably been chewing the lug off the handicapper to give this horse a chance. And that's mm. what he has done. He's, he's given him a chance. He's dropped him back to one four seven because the last time we see this horse, he was mid-150s. Now, that's a fair drop. It, like that, That's the sort of drop you'd get after two years off the track. Um, yep. This horse has won a county herd with 11.5 on his back. That was actually the last time he won. So I think the lads are, are more than happy to give weight away back in handicap company. And being allowed to run here off one four seven. There's going to be plenty to pace to aim at. Skeltons won this race last year, and I can just see this will be a typical Harry Skelton ride. It absolutely lock him up at the back, round the inside. And this horse, he you won't see him until we're 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 having a good sort through going to the last. And, and I and I think he'll be he'll be there thereabouts, Paddy, I love that
1: shout. I really do because um you can you can absolutely look back at through the form of those mid 150s never runs a bad race yeah. every single time puts it all together um yeah they'll they'll probably have a go there that's a great shout paddy and cheat to bello for the 150 at Newbury, um, Dermot making a case for Earl of the Cotswolds, and, and we're all interested to see how Fred goes, especially with the Yard having the favourite in the field. I do think that's a horse to keep an eye on um, in both cases. A really good race, that 150 at Newbury. Paddy, I'll come to you first for the um, the rehearsal. Um, the handicap chase at Newcastle, five past two, another marathon uh, in front of them. A couple of horses I thought were um, interesting in here. I, Wright, who's now had, uh, well, it was 55 days ago, but it's had a run um, for Harriet. Graham and Callum Bewley it's near the top of the market with the ferry master for Sandy Thompson and Craig Nickel. and the other one was Glenn Forse who ran such a remarkable race uh, the last day at Ascot behind Larry um those two interested me but it's always a good always a good race and a tricky one to solve
0: yeah it is for sure real exciting one last year won by York Hill 66 yes indeed um yeah. you know it was a good race I mean and. I knew I was keen on, on Cool Mix to nick a bit of each way that day. And that's exactly what he did. And, I mean, he's rocking up in the exact same sort of situation this time. He's at the foot of the weights. Now, Cool Mix, he nearly fell in that race last year. I think Conor Farah went about three fences with no irons. And in yeah. the end, he was beaten, I think, something like four lengths. Um, now, his is, win percentage isn't great but I'll tell you generally he he tends to end up in the money well his form will tell you that but although he's three pound out of the weights I think he's going to be there thereabouts and he's always going to be a price simply because his win record is is pretty average but I think Ryan Mania would have had a difficult choice here because Sandy Thompson has got a couple of real solid horses the ferry master he won on this card last year and he's another horse who really does know every blade of grass around Newcastle he's Bang on the weights here off 132, the Ferry Master. A good return three weeks ago, where I think he probably safe to say he needed the run. But it's interesting that Ryan Mania has picked Dingo Dollar here. Um I thought he did okay on his return. He's tended to needed that in the past, but he's another one who has won at the track. And of one four-nine, this nine year old, he he won't have an inch to spare. But just quite interesting for me that Mania has chosen Dingo Dollar over what you would think is the better handicapped, the Ferry Master, who's got a good bit less weight than what, what the Dingo Dollar has.
1: Maybe the weight, the concern there, Paddy, not easy to get down to 10 stone, although I don't know if Ryan Mania... He might yeah, be no, able you're to right.
0: You're right. Probably 10 stone would be a bit of a push... Um, He's done ten four in the last
1: twelve months, so it's a push. But I guess he could have got there if you know when when you ever used to see the likes of Barry Garrity get right down to the lowest weights, or you know these guys they will do it for a winner, won't they? But so,
0: did you, but then you see with, with this six pound now ten stone shouldn't be a million miles beyond them. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know I, I would thought if he thought the ferry master had a better chance, I, I don't think the ten stone would be the deal breaker there. That's what I'm. I'm only guessing. Um, no no I like it I like the angle but, that, but that's my thing but still lads got some very very solid all handicap chasers here and, and, and I'd say it's, it's a cracking race
1: yep Demo good boy Bobby was good the last day I know you're a spirit of the games fan as well we've talked about I write a lot last year you've got nuts well is gonna head the way to I mean pick the bones out of this
2: it's a class race absolutely love it uh, I write doesn't win enough same as spirit of the games uh, I really like the two of them but but you just can't get away from the fact that, uh, that simply put, they just don't. Um, you know, uh, I write the race that he, he really should have won last season was the uh, obviously when he was beaten by Blackjack uh, Kentucky. Um, but he's a, for, for such a talented horse, yeah, he just doesn't. He just doesn't see how races. Enough the uh, same as um, a spirit of the games. Um, and... Spirit of the games for me, anyway. Away from Cheltenham, those kind of real hot races, he he just isn't the same kind of horse. Um, so I, I'm kind of happy enough to move away from them. I was the exact same as Paddy. I really, I've always liked that Dingo Dollar, and uh, when he was with Al- Alan King um always promised so much but kind of never quite got there like you know he had a lot of close run-ins with the likes of the Rasher Counter and Jersey Bean and all these kind of horses who are who are real quality horses and um he was fancied for an awful lot of big races by Alan King so if he's there and Sandy Thompson is so good with these kind of horses as well so Dingo Dollar he's only 9 running here off 149 i think there's definitely a race like this in him if the new surroundings can kind of Kick him on a bit more. I think uh, a small bit of a podcast charge here, Dean. I'm a, a big fan of him as well.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to go against the two of you, but then that normally means the podcast charge goes <laughs> <as> well. <laughs> so there's no, there's no harm in that. I just thought Glenn Force's run um, under Gavin Sheehan the last day at Ascot was almost perfect, right? They've moved up in into this kind of arena of, of staying handicaps and um, it was almost perfect. Got turned over 10 legs, fell apart after the last, but they can just get this right i think this time aiden coleman bit of decent ground um yeah i'm interested in glenn forza at double figures that would be where i'd go but um yeah the two boys very keen on uh and dingo dollar running well with ryan mania aboard for sandy thompson and that is a brilliant renewal of the uh rehearsal chase there at newcastle right demo you can have the uh the unfortunate <laughs> task of uh, sorting out the the very small field four, four, uh, for four for other field inter- I know, I know. Soaring Glory, Gower Roll, Captain Morgs, who was um, good over the last 300 yards, the last day, and one more for the road. Um, Soaring Glory, though, is going to set a standard here. They'll all have to come in and catch his handicappers. Soaring Glory might be a bit better than that. Still on 149 in this 225 at Newbury.
2: Yeah, Soaring Glory is the one to beat for sure. It's not a race that i would be going too too heavy in, but at 7-2 I am quite tempted by Gowell Road. Um, last mm. season, David Weldon did a, a very good pace analysis here on the, the Race Hour podcast. It was why he uh, it was why he fancied him in the county hurdle. Uh, now, the county hurdle didn't work out, obviously, but you can't blame any English horse last season. The, the Irish horses just seem to steal a march and everything um but this season i thought he was very good at Chelham last time i thought he won by a lot more than that two and a half uh two and a half lengths would suggest you've got a horse like soaring glory now who needs to give him eight pounds i think that's an awful lot of weight um and um go road for me is the real kind of up and comer Twist and davis's yard like he's probably the kind of one of the better horses they have at the moment they they seem to have lost a good few horses this season, um, so I'd love to see the likes of uh, all to Sam t- Sam Thomas as well. It seems, which is just 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 seems uh, strange to me, despite how good a trainer he clearly is. But uh, Gal Road for me could well be a, a bit of a leading light for them um, in these in these kind of races and getting that weight from Soaring Glory. Do you know what? Dean? I've talked myself into a bet here. I will back him at uh, at seven to two, <laughs> and um, I uh, yeah, half fancy him to it. Uh, turn over, dear. Favourite here, Dean?
1: I, see, I completely disagree. I thought Soren Gloria Ascot was um, taking and only getting £6 for that. Um, well, I thought it was a little bit underestimated. I think they'll have a really lot of fun with Soren Glory this year. It looked like he'd grown plenty. Uh, Paddy, I might let you tell me what you thought.
0: Well, <clears throat> I think Soren Glory. he's definitely better fresh. And that's what we've seen the other day. And visually, he was very, very impressive. And, you know, w- which would certainly have plenty of people fighting his corner. I mean, Gowell Road, I think mentally he was just too immature to be competitive at Cheltenham last year because I think if you watch one of his runs at Newbury last season, I mean, he went off bald-headed and, you know, he just looked the unfinished article, but there's a massive engine in there. He's still only, this horse is only rising six, Gowell Road. Yeah. Now, they're coming back to the minimum on Saturday, aren't they? But I don't yeah. mind that at all because I think Sam Twist and davis he's, for me, I think he'll just leave his brain in the waiting room. He'll just drop his hands on this fella and let him roll. They've taken it, the, they're not bothering with the, these cheek pieces anymore, um, you know, which would make mm. you think that this horse has, has mentally matured a good bit. And I think he's going to be very competitive off one for one. And if Sam gets away on the front end, I think they could struggle to reel this boy back in.
1: You should both put me off soaring glory now, but at the prices, I probably would have let it run anyway. But this is uh, okay, another bit of a podcast charge here, chaps, for, for Gal Road yeah. taking on soaring glory. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, do you know what, I'll, I'll help you along. I think soaring glory will win. So, how does that? I think that
2: cheers, Dean. Thank you. Uh,
1: yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah. I, I thought Captain Morgs was um, was decent in the last day, certainly after the last and really coming through to win. And one more for the road also goes in there. This is a high quality four, um, if it's only four right big race of um saturday of course is the lab Brooks trophy um demo i have to let you go first because you've been talking to us about the horse who's going to win this for a while Um eclat de rear but with no chris's dream in here the weights have moved it would be a big enough ask off 11 stone eight will it to win this race
2: it will but i i personally think we're looking at a mid 160s horse and mm-hmm. running off 154 so um i think he has to win this race i I think sometimes i I can be called harsh on twitter and on here and everything else because i have a certain line when it comes to the very top level if we're talking about a horse going on to the grand national from this race yes fine finishing second or third is absolutely grand they can go on and do that or a handicap chase or you know Mm -hmm. whatever kind of race like that but when you're talking about a gold cup horse act the rear has to win this race and um off 11.8 uh, the ground, we don't really know about the ground, but Henry's going and, you know, he would not go. Henry doesn't really care about what people think of him, really, um, as far as this goes. So he would 100% not be running. Um, so Eclat de Rear going here is a big thing. I think he's a very good horse. I really like him. I've loved them since kind of day one. Uh, I was very close to backing him last year in the Brown Advisory. I thought it was quite telling what Henry de Brom had said afterwards on off the ball when... He did an interview that when he was talking about maybe a few that got away. This was the horse that he talked about. Rachel Blackmore was the exact same. She blamed herself for the, that brown advisor, And, you know, the way Monkfish finished in the end, Dean, you can see why they were a small bit annoyed, you know, that uh, they might have been yeah. the ones to maybe come out of the pack. The first run, the last day, we didn't learn a whole lot about him. Uh, simple as that. You know, he beat be Conflated. He was not really up to that standard. But, I, again, I was just taken by the way in which he went about it and the way he did it. And... Um, I think at five to one or so for a horse who's who I who I believe is is a mid160s horse at least running off 154 in a Hennessy uh, I've been all over him for a while for this ever since Henry mentioned it after that Wexford run I'm all I'm a decent uh, bet in for the gold cup since the first podcast I'm on him at 66 to one for the gold cup as we mentioned in that podcast with uh, with Don McLean um, and uh, hopefully next week when we're talking to Paddy and Dom McLean next week for our kind of season review podcast, mm. um, I can be uh, very ecstatic. But I just, like, on the ropes, Dean, he's a fine horse, but, uh, like, like, it, it, like the Rear, if he's a Gold copper, like I think he has, he should be dealing with him. He's a very good, potentially well-handicapped horse, but not as well-handicapped as my lad. Rilo far too short, in my opinion, far, far too short. Fiddler on the Roof, he's a threat, especially with the way that tizzards horses are going maybe a bit soon after the last run but sometimes tizzards can just get rolling and just keep going clot caps not as well handicapped as last season kind of foolish roll out the other one that i'm uh, hovering around each way now dean is Kerry lee's the machine um i thought that last season i thought he ran maybe a small bit too soon after his wind surgery paddy can correct me on this but i was told by a trainer about three years ago that um running a horse too soon after a wind surgery is actually foolish as well and he, he only ran 53 days because he got to he was traveling all over them and then just kind of cut out um jumped the last Kerry lee has mentioned this since and said that he's he's absolutely flying i would have preferred had he had a warm-up run but the machine would be my idea of one at the low weights but yeah dean one of my one of my biggest bets of the season so far is on Eclat the rear and uh I, if he doesn't win this it's he's just not a gold cup horse and I'll forget him and um, because in my opinion if you are a gold cup horse with the way that this race is, is now I think you have to be winning this race that's why I've been so harsh and having those rows publicly with Rory uh, Fitzgerald and Chris on Twitter about <laughs> Galvin I think yeah. it, if you don't win these early season trials you're not a gold Cup horse in my opinion um a winning one so um okay. Hopefully Rachel Blackmore doesn't listen to this because uh, you know I've heaped a lot of pressure on Dean, but it's, uh, I think he's uh, I think he's more than good enough.
1: Yeah, welcome to my world. I make a case for a horse like that most every other week, and then after <laughs> forget we ever had the conversation afterwards. So there's no there's no harm in that. Fair play. <laughs> uh, the rear, uh, very strong fancy, of course. Uh, this and Gold Cup and Beyond for Dermot Nolan. Uh, you mentioned the machine was beaten by Remastered, wasn't it last start in uh, February? Which I yeah. know that Stephen Cass likes for this race and he also gave me uh, Canelo to give a shout out in the McManus Colours for Anna King and Tom Bellamy but he's not here so Paddy Aspel, what do you think?
0: Yeah I think is absolutely bang on as regards Eclat de Rear he's got to be winning this if he's going to be a real real strong Gold Cup candidate and I mean really apart from that mishap on the third run over fences you know, this horse is is unbeaten um, so far over fences, isn't he? But the only thing I would say is that, I mean, Total Recall won it three or four years ago, but the Irish don't have a great record in this race. No. Generally, it stays at home, uh, this race. yeah. Um, generally,
2: they've, they've been ducking it as well, Paddy, which has been strange. So. Yeah, like yeah. Henry just seems to have so many staying chasers now that he's just going to go for them all, I'd say. But generally, they just, yeah, they just seem to kind of duck it.
0: Um, I suppose, look, the the thing about Copperhead was a real talking horse at one point, but he's just completely fallen off the face of the earth. But Joe Tissart did make a real strong case for him during the week. Um, so, but I, I wouldn't touch him uh, at all as yet because, you know, at times he's looked quite ungamely uh, on, on a couple of starts last year, but it'd be interesting to see how he, how he fares on, on Saturday. I do hope he runs well, but for me, Dorma mentioned Demachine. I I think, Maybe he isn't the best horse in the race, but for a seven-year-old, he certainly hasn't been, you know, rigorously campaigned. This horse has only had four starts over fences, and Kerry Lee, who who knows plenty about staying chasers, is going to chuck mm. him in against the likes of these horses here. But in four starts, two wins, and two places. He's been placed at this track. He's a horse who goes well, fresh, and albeit... Like I say, I, I maybe don't think he's the classiest horse in the race of one four two and just unexposed. Since they've, they've done this horse's win, it certainly seems to have just helped them out a little bit as well. So I'd probably be on the side of, of machine on Saturday if that lack of experience doesn't count against them. I think he could be could be competitive on Saturday off of one four two and Richard Patrick no no negative at all yeah he might he might be one of these sort of m- much better known jockeys in the races but he knows this horse well and he's a very capable lad
1: oh he certainly is Again, yeah he's very shot, capable actually, yeah he's a very strong uh, jockey last week and uh, as you mentioned Kerry Lee knows the way around staying chaser and they've had some very good ones uh, D Machine could be the latest one to come through the ranks there ten stone ten. Um, I've got to talk about Fiddler on the Roof. Um, I, I love Fiddler on the Roof. And all those times that finished second, I was keen it was going to win. And at, at, just at nine to two, I can't get excited about Fiddler in, in a field of this uh, magnitude over three mile two. Although I do think probably once every yard of that. And they're eventually getting around to the fact that that's exactly what Fiddler on the Roof is, even though I did fancy it for a Supreme at one point. Um, I will also mention one a bit further down. In the, uh, in the field, in fact, right down the bottom, Danny Whizbang, who's now with Milton Harris, who's having a great old time of it. Mitchell Bastian will take off three pounds. Now, this is a few of the trends here for a normal winner of this race, but has been given a massive chance, I think, um, with the weights in this field. And you, you might remember Paul Nichols normally has one for something like the Badger Ales or the Badger Alice, as Dermo calls it. And um, this was his horse for that, uh, you know, a season or so ago. And I thought <laughs> it ran with loads of promise, but then the wheels came off. So if, um, if Milton Harris can get it back after it's had blood vessel issues and things. I think Danny Wisbang is it. I expect it to be a bigger price, to be honest. But even at 20 to 1, I'd be interested to that um, each way. Um, a fascinating race. So Eclat de Rire and D-Machine for Dermo and obviously all hopes with Eclat de Rire. D-Machine given a good shout by Paddy. And I'll throw my hat into the ring with a wild one, seeing as I really like Chris's dream and it's not going. So Danny Whizbang for me at a mental price. Um shall we spend a little bit of time on the fighting fifth? Epitont, Demo, Epitont.
2: Epitont, yeah, this this is a good race. Um like Mon Morale is kind of the last kind of the hope for the you know, like a really good horse to kinda of come out of England. You know, uh, to really challenge for a champion hurdle after Ebitant, obviously, because, you know, like she was she just didn't look the same horse for all of last season. So, mm. like, Moral was excellent at entry last season. And then maybe sometimes we kind of forget that, like Moral beat Nasalam quite well uh, and then went on and hammered Adagio, who's come out since and ran very well off a big weight in the uh and the Greywood hurdle this season, so Montmorel could could be very interesting here. But again, a four-year-old like like Epitone should be winning this. It's just Montmorel doesn't have to give her all that much weight, you know. It's three pounds, isn't it? So or five pounds, even sorry. So you know, it's kind of not not all that bad. So like Seven, seven. seven pounds. Sorry, sorry, he's sorry. Tough uh, there is yeah. no... Yeah, he's not getting any allowance here. Apologies, but like Montmorel is the one that if any horse from this field is going to step up to be a potential grand or. Er, a uh, champion hurdle horse, it will be him. But the way it's looking, Epiton should be far too, far too, far too good here for them. Um, if I was gonna, as a watching brief, I hope Morale is something very good. It's a, it's a race that I won't be touching with a bet, Dean. But uh, basically, I'm just praying that something comes out of the water because we've got Honeysuckle back on Sunday, please God, um, and she looks an absolute freak. But it will be good if uh, we had some some new challengers as well, you know?
1: Yeah, Dave Weldon talked about it on the pod just recently that Honeysuckle needs uh, contenders to cement legacies and um, Mon Morale could be one to step forward. Only a four-year-old Paddy so a big ass to take on uh, a hardened mare and a quality one in Epitone.
0: It certainly is, but I think you've got to remember, lads, this Mon Morale is still unbeaten and... I mean, some of them juvenile hurdles that he was winning last year. And I mean, by the way, you'd struggle to get a better looking horse than this. He's an absolutely beautiful horse. I mean, he's almost jet black. But some of these juveniles he was winning for Nichols last year, he won the last two by... Uh, 16 lengths combined
1: Handstands Handstands You know
0: Don Castry won by 11 lengths um, You know and, and won very nicely Beating Hell Red On his only French start as well um, And that horse That he beat on debut On or the junk Of um, For the Williams team You know He's he's no back number And Just think the form Is very very strong And I mean Fair play That's what I like about Nichols You know He will take Anybody on He keeps his horses busy and after Epatton made that mistake in Kempton behind the day Silver Street popped out and made the running, I don't think we've seen the same epiton since. I think she really, really done something to her back that day. And since then, because she's always jumped like a champion hurdler up until yeah. that, it was a real one of them horrible judder mistakes where I'm not sure if connections have still resolved there and gotten to the bottom of it and i mean we, we, since then six and a half lengths behind silver streak nearly 10 lengths behind honeysuckle i know she was third but 10 lengths behind honeysuckle mm. in the champion and even further 12 and a quarter behind her in in Punchestown. i'm i'm not sure they've ever gotten the mayor back after that that kempton uh incident so i'm going to be with with the nickels 4 year old here mom morale that they've put um but Sean Bourne back on board again, who who's who's unbeaten, honor and riding like a man possessed this year. He's having a great yeah. year and I think he could he could land a big one here.
1: Yep, um, could do. And that would be a real a real stake in the ground for what's to come later on the season. I mean, we didn't mention So Royale, but I mean the standard has been set by So Royale. Both of those will have to come and perform to a decent level to get the better of the Meneer Horse, Alan King, Daryl Jacob, and Daryl's up there, of course, as we talked about, and why not? He's got a very good ride there and a couple of others that we highlighted. 9 to 2. If I had to have a bet and the race was in five minutes, I'd back So Royale and hope the other two flop. But it's an informative contest. Let's go to the uh, final race on the Saturday we're going to talk about, which is the 335 at Newbury. Um, handicap chase there over well pretty much the minimum I thought Il Ridotto was fascinating here for Paul Nichols, Paddy Asport
0: yeah uh, bang on uh, he's the horse that I had had marked down interesting again Nichols chucking a four year old in against plenty of seasoned yep. campaigners here but he gets a lovely pull I mean he gets eight pound off his elders here. And, you know, it just takes a bit of cojones to do that on a horse who is very, very inexperienced. So he's got to have a bit of confidence in this horse. He's still a maiden over fences, lads. So, you know, Nichols has got to be ultra confident in how this horse fences and pitching him in against some of these who really, really know the time of day above him. Um, And the fact that he's got a lovely racing weight there of 10 stone 4 um, you know, it's it's just it's a massive pull, um, and and that I, I'm not really even it's not so much the fact of it's the amount of weight he's getting, but he's open to any amount of improvement. Much younger legs than some of his rivals here. I think it's going to be a well-run race. There's a few here who like to drop in and take their time. Sale, um, the Northern Raider Rebecca Menzies, he's gone down there and won in the past, but maybe one three three with with Nathan's three off he's probably going to have to improve again whether he can do that as as um as a seven year old in against some some lesser exposed rivals takes a bit of asking the other one i wanted to mention was the gray horse just above ilredito is numitor he's a lovely horse and i just loved his attitude around whether it be the last day because the whole of the straight he was there to be shot at but his fencing is just so good and for pressure he really finds, so he's probably still competitive of one thirty. Heather Mayne doesn't have many jumpers, so she's she's blessed to have this chap, and 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 you know he's he's very very good. But I think he's he's intriguing down the bottom of the way. It's the silveredito.
1: Okay, uh, so do I? I think you know the eleven or two around. I don't think they'll they'll mess this up. If he gets round there, I'd be very keen on Il rodotto the four year old.
2: Yeah, the exact same. Um, you you kind of can't ignore when it like obviously harry seems to be able to do these these low weights but you know 10-4 on a saturday of 131 in a race like this that's that's uh it's not always easy so in a race like this with uh, the horses around him like sully doc aa he's kind of an ascot specialist really isn't he and kind of um honeyball seems to have a few of them but i really like that horse but bar that yeah there's not a whole lot else that i'd be rushing to back in this race so i thought um the exact same as you two that Il, Il Rodoto was a, a decent better They okay. probably weren't mentioned as well Dino that
0: Newbury mm. race that he ran in that has worked out seriously well yeah you know and, and yeah. really it only looked like not that they were hunting round, but you know they, they were riding to give this horse a little bit of a chance he ran a cracking race and and, and all every horse that has run in that race have, have won since and one of them has won twice
1: yep well pointed out okay um now we got through saturday there chaps so uh this weekend at fairy house one of my favorite weekends obviously i live right around the corner and i won't be able to go either day i don't think so i'm gutted about that but there is some absolutely stellar racing there um if only i thought we might be missing a few superstars because and not too many but a few demo just because you know the ground conditions um in Ireland have meant we haven't had a few of the better ones possibly out but if we kick off with the Royal Bond 105 on Sunday uh, my mate Mozzie Gavin Cromwell um you probably wouldn't have pegged him having the favourite for the Royal Bond going into uh, this winter
2: no. no this horse though uh, Darren Hughes mentioned him on the podcast a few weeks ago that, that big fan uh, yeah he's a yeah a very good horse. Uh, he's been excellent so far, but I I don't know where to stand with the novice hurdlers at all. Like I really don't. Um, no. Tree Tree Stripe Life last season was was the bumper horse that one of the bumper horses that they absolutely adore down there. Um, and obviously he was excellent at uh, a House last season as well. Then, or sorry, he was actually he, he ran at Sheldon. Of a large bacon was fourth behind uh, Sir Gerhard, but yeah. it's it always been a horse that I like quite well. I thought he was actually quite quite good at Fairy House. Uh, the whole the whole race sort of be kind of streamed away with it. So if he was to run, I'd be very interested in him just because of how highly thought of he was. He is down there Cullentra, um, but it's just hard to know what's coming because I know Gordon Elliott spoke really effusively about uh, Mighty Potter as well. So. It's a division I haven't got my head around this season at all, really isn't, so it's a division that I probably will just watch this race, but it's um, I'd like to start seeing now, Dean, a few novice hurdlers start sticking their hands up now as being proper, you know, proper Cheltenham contenders uh, for kind of later on the season, because really... Did, uh, this is a division that we haven't found anything out yet, really.
1: No, I don't. I don't have a. I couldn't give you a name on top of my um, on top of my list for any of these at this point. So, Paddy, have you have you got a stronger view? I mean, this is going to be informative, if nothing else. It
0: certainly is. Um, I mean, we've got a couple of a couple of girls taking on the boys here, and. I think they're both worth a mention. Um, yeah. You know, they're both rated in the 130s and impervious. I thought going into that down rail run the last day was even sort of a little bit overlooked going into that race because there was a few hot pots turning out on that card that day. And although sent off 72 second favourite, I thought that this mare deserved to be favourite on the day uh, because had won her maiden hurdle relatively unfancied, on debut, got the job done next time at Lestol, which appeared to me a a track that didn't really suit her, um, to be honest, but absolutely dotted up at Down Royal the last day. And, you know, it's taken Colin Murphy a while to sort of find his feet since he's come back training again. But this could be the mayor to really just help the job along a little bit. And if, if the same mayor could turn up, that we've seen her down royal the last day, she would have to step forward again because obviously in against the boys here, but I don't think she's any in any shape or form a back number and I think connections are right to have a go at, that, at the boys and, and try to and land a, a, a big pot on Saturday. Certainly won't be disgraced anyway, Dino.
1: No, plenty of money around as well, Paddy, in the in the early salvos, around a 5-1 to one chance impervious and you could be hitting the nail on the head here while maybe a few of the... Uh, you know maybe better ones from some of the other yards are just not ready yet but we'll find out i always love the royal bond that normally points you right in the direction of a festival horse or two and this year will be no different um impervious giving a good shout there for cole murphy in the bar one racing.com royal bond that's the 105 at fairy house Uh, straight after that of course in the normal sequence of events there comes the dream and um paddy i had the same kind of feeling about this like we've got some nice horses in here but none of them would i would have put I don't know, somewhere near the top of my list for a dream Moore. Apart from maybe the lights of a Fury Road is the exact kind of type I like to go at this race. But he's not even one of the most fancied ones. Gabin Lifetime Ambition is very good for Jessica Harrington. Uh, Noel Meads in there with Beacon Edge, Cape Gentleman Centre. We don't know the final decks, Paddy. But we could get a double-figure field anyway.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Cape Gentleman is still only a five-year-old, um, you know, and, and, and obviously very, very shrewd connection. So you've always got to f- – he's always going to be a worry because you'd imagine there still is room for improvement with Cape Gentleman. But for me, I thought lifetime ambition, you know, we're calling him a few names – over hurdles last year simply because he kept finishing in the frame and you know was taking you know whatever Robbie Power done he just couldn't manage to get this horse to win it all but so far this year he's looked a different candidate altogether lifetime ambition I I thought he put in a real good round of fencing at Down Royal the last day and I mean he was he was Priced up accordingly, 7-1 to one he returned that day because it was a very, very deep race. But I thought he got into a lovely rhythm under Sean O'Keefe. I thought it was very, very good on him. Never put a foot wrong. And really, although he only won by just over two lengths, for me, he bolted up. Looked a different horse jumping a fence. Um, so if, if he could follow that up, that would certainly put him in the mix here again. Um, and, you know, he is another one. He's only a six-year-old still early days for him now that he's finally starting to put things together
1: yep okay lifetime ambition jessica harrington's horse there demo you've to talked to me about gabby Naco because we're all waiting for that uh, race to come round at Cheltenham and then we all know what happened but uh not been too bad back this
2: time around he's yeah he's been very good since i mean that was an excellent second at at galway um the third that day magic day she's come out she's been brilliant since she's still my Kind of outside uh, bet for the Arkle, and then last time beating Fury Road, that was a very good run. Um, real, real kind of strong performance. Just j- j- jumped excellent as well. Um, and Fury Road, look, we know how how good a horse he is on his day. He's just had his problems, but um, he went second towards towards the finish that day. So there there won't be much between between them two. This is a hard race to weigh up. But Cape Gentleman, if he runs. Um, I think he'd be a bet at around seven to one or so myself. I mean, like that was that was a that was a crazy task last time that he had. Like he he was like he was being asked to give like sixteen pounds or so to um to Riviere de and mm. like she's a good mare who jumps a fence absolutely brilliantly. So to give sixteen pounds to her. Um, I'd say she she be rated 140 or so, like or kind of above that. Like you're talking about Cape Gentleman at that point in time would want to have been nearly 160 rated horse to have beaten her that day. You know, like I know he was kicked out of touch, but but still, I mean that was that was a huge task. This race for me isn't full of tremendous horses, so like I think Cape Gentleman for me probably would be the bet if he runs. But the 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 drift would kind of suggest. But my message overall is don't don't give up on them. As an outside bet, I think if Busselton was to run here a 25 to 1, Dean, uh, four-year-old, he'd, he'd get weight from every other horse in this race. Uh, he's a real tough, tough little horse. Um, and I think over fences, it's quite clever of uh, Joseph and Brendan Powell there to be taking advantage of, of that kind of there. So he'd be interesting me a 25 to 1 or so as well because I'm not convinced the top of this market is any great shakes. Great to see Gavin Cromwell. With these horses and one more mention king kirby asked me to say as well he really fancies grand Paradis because he thinks that grand Paradis was not done with last time when it was uh, uh came down against lifetime ambition so that that's his nap of the whole weekend as well the all the uh, racer or regular so um cape gentleman if he runs dean but just at the moment i'd be holding fire on this race because just like yourself bar the likes of bob ollinger and brave man's game the, um, the old novice chasers haven't started themselves out much either, really, have they?
1: No, they haven't, and this will help. Um, like, If I just thought about a Drinmore in advance and didn't know what was going to turn up, I quite like the idea of Fury Road in a Drinmore, so I'm going to stick there. But that's that's a real kind of romantic shout. I do like the idea as well, demo of yours, of Busselton. Um, got a lot of experience into that horse of only four years old and gets a
2: bit of a... 25s variety. could be a big price there, yeah.
1: Could well be, could well be. And, of course, Jessica Harrington... Uh, with lifetime ambition this is this is a good race even if i don't know which one is the superstar in it, there's lots of good ones Be be um, a tricky trick enough
0: would be a pretty quick turnaround for bustle though he's only a four-year-old isn't he he yeah.
2: is but he's as tough as nails paddy yeah. it's crazy how how he just he just keeps going and uh, even i think it was brennan powell said norty last time he called him a tough little bugger last time and he is he he just literally <laughs> nice. keeps going so if he turns up, he could just be one to kind of to catch the rest of them out. Where you you know, you might want to mind the rest of them a small bit, but uh, he'd be the one that that he could just catch them out. But again, that's that's just because he could be a huge price now, and there could be four runners on the day as well. Yeah, you
1: know? there could be, there could be. And Joseph has four entered, so yeah. if Boosterton's the only one, well, take a little hint there. Fire Attack, Midnight Run, and Global Equity also in there for Joseph. Um, we'll look, we wait to see what the final decks are, but that has got um, another renew a fascinating renewal of the bar one racing.com, more at Ferry House on Sunday, 135. Um The Portstown handicap always follows that. Uh, tricky enough to solve all the time. We don't have decks. But do you boys have a fancy paddy?
0: Yeah, I thought there was plenty here that the handicapper was maybe winning the argument um, in in this field. Mm -hmm. As you say, we've we've not seen full decks. But I think it was hard not to be convinced by Liam Cusack's eight-year-old, the dabbler, because at least he's one of the the few here because plenty of these are going to be out of the weights if if they're... if Coco Beach um, gets declared, I mean, it's 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 a fair old drop back to back down to Milan native who's next in the weights. But the Dabbler is a very very sound jumper. He's really good on his feet. This son of presenting and I say he's very very consistent. And um, since they've they've put the cheap pieces on, this boy it really has just smartened him up a little bit. And you know even he's not going to be too far out of the weights if the top one does get declared and he's a horse who's run well at the track. And although he was beaten favourite last time, wasn't beaten very far. And, and and he's a horse who's very, very difficult to knock.
2: He's had a great year.
1: Yeah, oh, I couldn't disagree with that. I think you don't want too much weight on your back for this, Demo. No, it's
2: not a... And it's not a great race either, Sir Dean. Um, obviously, we were all over Court Maiden this last year, actually, when mm. she, she won for us here on the race hour. So I don't think there's a version of her, her running in it um and the ground is just a problem f- for an awful lot of horses that's why these fields are so small sure it's why willie mullins doesn't have any runs but speaking of of willie mullins uh, he had a horse come out today win first time after four years off the track um and stones and roses dean which is probably a uh, Gives you good memories of uh, dancing around it's some just, some just some music hall in <laughs> your
1: appreciate that yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah in your youth with uh, with khaki on you but the uh, uh, this horse was really good when beating uh, when hammering screaming colours at uh, Punchestown and the uh, on New Year's Eve in 2020 uh, we haven't seen haven't seen uh, the, the horse since but that doesn't necessarily put you off. A Willie Mullins' horse, and um, Stones and Roses is Willie Mullins' is only runner in the race, I believe. Yes, and uh, he's a horse here running off ten stone eight. Now that will probably come up um if Cocoa Beach comes off. But the likes of Stones and Roses, of one three four at seven years old, coming off a break like this, it just has Willie Mullins' gamble screaming all over it, and uh, he's a horse that I, I'm very keen to to kind of. Get involved because there's bits of form there behind Daily Tiger. I know he was good behind him that day, but still, just a small bit behind Castlebrook. Um, there's a bit of decent form thrown thrown into the mix there, and uh, he could really be uh, be a horse to take take quite seriously here, then
1: okay shouts for the dabbler then and stones and roses and i'll give my customary mention to alfa
2: just because <laughs> just you know, because he's wins. a legend yeah fair. yeah and if yeah.
1: he wins i don't want to say i never even said no yeah
2: yeah yeah that that is fair
1: yeah, I, I love alpha 11 years old um probably needs the top one to stay in to have a crack off 10 stone seven and that's up to uh, the same ownership so you never know um okay potentially um, the best race till last. Certainly the best horse, I think, we've saved till last. Honeysuckle will go for uh, the Hattons Grace Hurdle uh, for Henry de Bromhead, likely to take on, at this point, Classical Dream. Saudi A from Willie Mullins. Abra Cadabras for Gordon Elliott. Latest exhibition, who's reverted back to hurdles, of course, for the Nolan Camp. Ronald Pump, who was second last year and uh, almost uh, troubled Honeysuckle. Uh, Stormy the side of the Burley, Sam's profile, De who is back to winning ways for Joseph O'Brien. And Sky Ace, of course, the shark, the um, shark puts one in at the bottom. Uh, Demo, uh, would you be interested in punting in this race? I and mean, We all love Honeysuckle. We don't
2: need to talk about it, do we? Uh, no. Honeysuckle wins. Uh, she's a, a race hour legend, as we know, and uh, I have absolutely no interest to take her on. The one that I'm obviously very interested to watch if he runs is Abicadabras. I hope he uh, he shows a bit over this strong trip because I'll say it again, as I've been saying all season, I'd love to see him tried over three miles dead and buried and see him kind of, you know, turn the corner. So, Interest in him is a good race, but uh, Honeysuckle really should be should be far far too good for this.
1: I make one point right before I ask Paddy here: Honeysuckle last year, first time round, um, Ronald Pump got close, and then and then after that, form was just you know to a different level. And there'd be every entitlement for Henry Paddy to have left Honeysuckle in a similar place this time round, albeit this is a tougher renewal of the Hattons' Grace.
0: Yeah, it is for sure. Um, I mean, it's about the only scare, really, uh, that she gave us last year, wasn't it? I mean, it was a funny old sort of a race. Rachel had to send her on a good way out, but it was probably more so that the second got an absolutely cracking ride, more so than the winner underperformed. Um, But I mean, after that, she was just exceptional, wasn't she? And i mean yeah. six, six times now i know obviously she is unbeaten but six times she's she's turned up to the track and i mean where do you start about picking holes in honeysuckle because we can't it's it's, it's impossible good. whether it's two two and a half and it, it i suppose in rachel's mind she's a godsend to ride because you can do anything with her um you you and rachel so therefore if if you can do that you're going to do it so she can give her room yeah at times she's going to have to cover ground maybe then then you know y- y- you would like but it doesn't matter because if you're on the best horse, you, you can afford to keep it simple and um it, more so it, it's going to be your heart ruling your head here you don't want to see her get beat um no you don't you know? no, I-
2: and Paddy's writing that as well last season on who uh, gave that horse, an absolute screamer, and he said himself on the bookmakers at College UK blog, Dean, that mm. uh, he thought had he got closer to Honeysuckle earlier even, she would have just went on again. He said that after yeah. the, the the line, she just she nearly looked across saw him and just kind of kicked again. Um, so he, he did think that they, like he was buzzing after that, that they had got as close as possible and that she'd go down and trip and he'd go up and trip and that, you know, obviously that, that horse got injured thereafter. So, um, I think Honeysuckle, maybe it looked like Honeysuckle got more of a fright than she probably actually did on the day.
1: Okay. I, th- I think there is potentially a bet in this race right now, and that's Saudi at like 11 to 2. Been kept busy um, in good form. And damn I'm surprised you're not on this as an each-way shout. Out. Honeysuckle puts everyone off. You know, I missed the,
2: the Galway hurdle party, and that's it. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm sick of him now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he won me the at that time at lovely odds, and uh, I think that day I kind of went right brilliant. And uh, he's just, yeah, he, he's a hard horse to weigh up now, but he seems to be as solid as a rock now. He's kind of running non-stop, So hopefully, yep. big, big fan of him. Um, but Abercadabras is the one that I'll be watching more with my kind of uh, three-mile hat on. Um, but Honeysuckle Dean is just, yeah, just kind of great to have another legend kind of running again, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think if there's any time, Honeysuckle will get this beat this season, she probably won't because if she's tuned up anywhere near her best, she'll just beat everything that's around in the division. Unless there's something we don't know about, um, it will be this race. So Saudi at eleven to two uh, looks like a shout there, considering it comes in uh, ready to rock and roll. This is almost the champion hurdle for Saudi. I would suggest for Willie Mullins and uh, good ground should be a good test. Okay, that gets us through the um, well a, a stellar Saturday and then a really really good Sunday. From Ferry House um, with the Bar One meeting. So uh, at this point, it's time for naps because we've we've gone on slightly tipped over the race hour demo. But why don't you give me your nap of the weekend, please? Or if there is another horse, could there be another horse that we didn't?
2: Yeah, before? can I give two actually, please? You if it's okay, um, I have two in the same race. The three ten at Ferry House on Sunday is the Bar One racingcom handicap hurdle, um, and this is it. It's just an unbelievable. Renewal. First of all, Glens of Antrim. Um, she was a horse I fancied out of the way last year for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle, and she just didn't jump well enough at all that day. Still only about 12.5 lengths behind. She's a novice again this season, so because she didn't win, so I think she can win that Mayor's Novice. And I like the fact that Willie has her in here because he may as well run her handicaps now, you know, because they could finish up at that point. So she runs here off 10 stone 3. Um, like, mark 128. Like, she's getting weight from everybody in this race. Now she's seven to one favourite basically beside Esquilane. But like Esquilane is giving her bags away. She's really talented, like unbelievably talented. She just needs to get her jumping together. And um, once they crack that, um she is she is a very, very good mare, for particularly for a level like this of 128. So she's one. And the other one that I really like as well is Call Me Lyrene, uh, which is a Gordon Elliott horse. He runs off 139, a bit different in the weights but He's really talented as well. Uh, good ground is key to this horse, or better ground. And uh, he was flying um, last season to, the, to begin with. Beat, beat the likes of Wolf Prince, etc. Ended up being pitched in a bit high. Was kind of kicked out of the way by Echoes and Rain. But ended up finishing second. And a punches down to Jazzaway. Ran in the goal. We heard was only okay. And kind of last time, freshened up here now. Coming into this race, um, I think Kami uh, Loreen, about 16 one as well it, it is very interesting on this ground as as expected this uh, this is an absolutely packed field full of uh, mm. a, of really good horses but definitely glens of Antrim and uh commie there and my nap of the weekend dean is um Eclecta rear in the in the ladbrooks
1: good man okay um thanks for that two nicely highlighted horses as well in that hurdle that follows um on the card on hatton's grace day at fairy house paddy Go for
0: it. And that wise Dino, um, although he's got top weight, I think this could be a serious bit of placing and training by the Skelton boys with Ch- Um Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think, uh, I know he's 10-year-old and, and he's in against some younger legs, improving horses underneath him. But the fact that the handicapper, how Dan Skelton has got him to let him in off 147, is could proved to be a genius stroke here and I just think he's very, very classy. To win a county hurdle with 11.5 on your back, that takes a bit of doing. probably not many more competitive handicaps to try and win, so Chittabella for me, for the lads to go back-to-back in that race.
1: Lovely, 150 Newbury, currently around 7, 8 to 1. Uh, Chittabella for the Skeltons. Okay, I'm going to nap the one that I don't think they're wasting their time with, which is Il Ridotto in the 3.35 at Newbury 11 to 2 is the best out there and I do think that Saldier for that Hatton's Grace is an each way bet to nothing but you know some people don't like those so we'll <laughs> move on um, alright I think that's that's us done then for this week's uh, podcast you've been listening to The Race Hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk thanks to Dermot Nolan and Paddy Aspel and for now we'll leave you alone we'll chat to you next week you've been listening to The Race Hour brought to you by
2: bookmakers.co.uk your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews